Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the one and only Dr. Sophia Costa. But first, a message from Dr. Kelly Sturett. For your listeners, we have created it's the readystate.com slash Kokoro Movement. We've got we've got something for you. You know, we have if you just want a two-week on-ramp crash course, full access to everything, we'll give that to you for two weeks. Come come see how we're solving the problems. Take steal what you like. You know, leave the rest behind, you know, keep speaking your own movement language. All right, my friends, there you have it. Please take advantage of that free two-week offer from TheReadyState.com. And now we're just going to jump right into this. Dr. Sophia Costa coming in hot. What's up, my friend? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, what's going on? Where are you right now? I am in Dallas right now. Aren't you in the path of a gigantic hurricane? Is that what's happening? I don't think so. Really? I thought the Gulf Coast was getting slammed by a hurricane. Yeah, but Dallas is north of mm. in Texas. Oh, well, that's better. And is about to get slammed. Oh, well, th- I'm glad you're not going to get slammed by a hurricane. I mean, that's always better. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Seriously. It's better to just avoid natural disasters if you can. If you can, right? Right. (laughs) So what are you doing in Dallas? Um, I'm here with my family. My uh, older sister was in a crazy freak accident on July 23rd. And so I flew here August 4th to help uh, support the family. So both my sisters are here. My parents are here. Um, so it was, it was crazy. She was standing in line inside of a Starbucks and a car accelerated through the front entrance of Starbucks, hitting her and dragging her 30 feet and slamming her against a table where she was pinned. Jeez. That's like a movie thing. It was. Yeah. I mean, it still feels unreal. And so she was stuck there. And then the driver, for some reason, kept turning the wheel and the tire was hitting against her leg and tore her calf muscle. Wow. What? A- she was conscious the entire time. So she felt everything. So then two men pulled her out. She was sent to trauma ER and they did a CT scan from head to waist. And uh, she was able to get out of there with three broken ribs and a torn calf muscle. <laughs> and the doctors were impressed that wow. it was worse, that she wasn't paralyzed. She had a backpack on, which helped protect her spine a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. That's like one of those things, like I've had a few clients that have like broken their necks, you know? And so like, when you ask people what happened, they're like, oh, I break my arm or I break my leg. And you're like, oh, that's too bad. But then they're just like breeze over the whole I broke my neck part. And you're like, no, hold on. That's a story that you need to tell me. So when somebody's like, oh, I was in the ER. Oh, what happened? Somebody rammed their car through a building and hit me. 
And you're just like, wait, what happened? That's just like, that's such a crazy story. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story, man. <laughs> and the craziest thing, the night before, I had this very profound dream. Like it was just like these loud messages that I like woke up around four in the morning. I was in Santa Monica and I was like, okay, this dream is so strong. I'm going to get my journal and write down these downloads, write these messages. And it was really interesting what I wrote down. And what I was hearing was your older sister needs support. She needs to be told that she's loved. You need to tell her that she's loved. She needs help right now. To an hour later, the accident happened. Uh, you know, as far as like 2020 goes, it makes sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, at this point, anything makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really interesting because the message that I received that was so profound was that to change history, you need to love yourself first. You heal you, you heal the world. So Which is a profundly difficult task. And so we think that it's difficult, but it's not. It's not. We complicate it. The thing is, is that there's power in choosing yourself 100%. But you need to realize what the power brings. But people don't know what the power brings. So that's why it's easy to not choose you. It's easy to avoid you and attend to other people. Okay, I'm sitting with it. So continue. Marinating. <laughs> <laughs> the coastal yeah. magic is happening right now with Jesse. Right. <laughs> so, well, the, there's that connotation that if you choose yourself, then you're being selfish, which is like a look down upon thing, but you're not choosing yourself selfishly. Well, exactly. So the thing is, is that when you don't choose you and what I mean by choosing you, it's about attending to what your mind, heart, body, and spirit needs. That's what it means. It's right. not just like, well, what do you mean by choosing me? Like I work out, right? Yes. That's one aspect right? But you need to integrate all. You are a total being, electrical, energetic being. And if you only take care of one aspect of yourself, you're holding yourself back, right? right? Why not integrate? But it does feel scary because people believe it's like, you know, oh, no, I'm fine. Like, you know, this whole like, I'm fine. I'm okay because of the programming from childhood to present moment of being programmed to avoid how you feel because feeling is a sign of weakness, especially if you're a male, you're not allowed to cry. You're not allowed. You're only programmed to provide. Right. And so especially, and I've seen it with my male clients, it's a challenge for them to tune into their, how they feel and learn how to express it with courage and with uh, um, compassion too, to be able to like, wow, feeling this and then it releases their physical pain right so right. it's been this programming that's been around for generations and it's up to you to reprogram if you want to if you don't want to that's your choice but no you have this option of living a life that's more expansive than what you're choosing to live in right now and it's up to you to change it not anyone else right and nobody else can do it for you either. No one else can do it for you. But the power of choosing you, of reprogramming on a DNA cellular level to change these thoughts and beliefs and perception 
that have been either programmed from the outside and you chose to believe it yourself, the power to reprogram that and live a different story that you are deserving and worthy of, there's power in that. Because when you elevate your being, your energy, you create this ripple effect outside of you and your environment changes not only inside but outside too. So then what, ch what changes inside? Your entire health, you know? Like yeah. everything changes on the inside. Man, we just jumped right into it. All right. <laughs> so well, this is how we roll, right? I mean, we right. yeah. we're not about superficial stuff, man. No, we're, that is know, a fact. So this is just how we roll. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. But here's what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, it's like, <laughs> um, so then it's the, there's, two decisions that you have to make there, right? Um, and they're both pretty courageous because there's some people that are afraid of change because it's different, right? And then there's other people that are afraid of change because it creates vulnerability, right? And so there's, the, there's four different terms for it, um, but one of my uh, favorite ones is conscious ignorant, where they're saying, I know that I need to change, but I've always been that way. You know what I mean? And then, you know, there's, there's uh, unconscious ignorant and then, you know, the, however you want to flip flop it. But um, so that's the one where, you know, similar to being a practitioner when somebody walks in and is like, nobody's ever been able to fix me. You're like, cool, I'll take your money too. I don't know what you are looking for. What are you looking for to just get, just stay fucked up? I don't get it. Like, what's your plan here? How is that a plan to just walk in and just be like, I'm going to fail this. You know what I mean? And it's but like, you know what? to be honest, why, why someone's statement was expressed in that way. Right. It's because we're programmed to give our power away one and two that we can't heal ourselves, that we need somebody else. And there's that codependency. So I have this client call last week. Uh, someone in the military and you know there's a lot of programming with that right they it's like they don't even have power they have to do what they are told right but everything is a choice you don't have to do anything right right so he was expressing and I love reading between the lines right that I love bridging the gap with what people cannot see feel and hear so I'm listening to this guy and I kept hearing him say, I've been to this therapist, I've been to the V you know the VA hospital I've been to this and, and they can't fix me and it's really interesting because I hear him say, I went into this building, this clinic to get help for them to help me. And so I let him express and I was like, you know what's missing in that statement? I'm here for you to help me help me. That's when you feel empowered that you know you can feel better and it's up to you to be an active participant on your self healing journey. It's not dependent on somebody else right? And if someone is like, yeah, I can fix you, don't go with them <laughs> right yeah. away. That's a red flag. No one can fix you but you. It's right. you choosing the right person that you trust can give you the tools that empower you, not give away your power, not take your power. It's tools to empower you to be an active participant because this journey is yours. It's not mine, right? Right. So the line, the missing statement is help me help 
neat. Right. Which is totally like, so the way that I described my job to somebody yesterday was that like, I'm the guy with like the hard hat and the orange vest holding a sign and then people like help me. And then I like spin the direction with the arrow that they need to go. (laughs) That's like my job. You know what I mean? So then there's the argument like, well, what is your job? Like, what do people hire you for? And that's essentially it to like, like, uh, like one of my friends calls himself the movement Sherpa, like we're guiding you. Like you're, you're stuck in this eddy in a river and you're just like spinning and freaking out. And it's just, we're just get the boat and be like, there you go that way. And then they feel better. And so the people that get stuck and the people that come in and out of our practice are the ones that are unempowered and want everybody to fix and do stuff for them. And then, so like for me, I have, I have a difficult time helping them switch their narrative and their mindset, you know, to where they're helping themselves. So like, how do you do that? One statement, man. It's very simple. Why do you feel you can't help yourself right now? You need to find the why behind their behavioral pattern and thought pattern of why they feel they can't help themselves. And they're like, well, I've tried all of these things. Okay, well, I'm glad. That's great. That's great. You're, you're taking action towards wanting to feel a certain way every single day. But why do you feel you haven't reached that yet? It's because do you not believe that it exists? Is it because you've become identified by your pain? Is it because you don't feel worthy of living a life that's freeing and limitless and and abundant and expansive? There's a belief that's blocking them from feeling better and it's not anyone else's fault, right? It's just figuring out the origin behind that behavioral pattern and thought pattern that brought them in in the first place. Why don't you feel that you have, you know, why hasn't it worked out for you? Why do you think that is? And guide them, have them answer it themselves, right? I started leaning back more and started asking questions that allow introspection, allow them to explore the unknown deep within right? No more attending to the tip of the iceberg. We're going to take a deep dive underneath the surface and explore the things that people are afraid to ask and afraid to explore. And it's a simple question of being like, you know what? All of these things, I hear you. I hear you. They haven't worked. But why do you think that is? Because a lot of times they don't know what they're aiming for. No one's asked them, why do you want to feel better? And why is it important to you? Mm, that's important because Jordan Peterson, you know, Jordan Peterson, he's a yeah. clinical psychologist. Yeah. So he's uh he talks about like, if you're going to take aim, then you need a target. And if you don't have a target, then what are you doing? Right. So a lot of people just don't have a target and it's a, uh, you know, whatever that target is, no matter how mundane or how vast you got to believe that you can hit that target and then you got to aim at it and then you got to take your shot. Because that's another thing um, is people are deathly afraid of taking that shot. And it's, you just got to do it. Like the worst that happens is you miss and you go pick up your arrow and you try again. Like that's it. Yeah, because it's different because it's different because it's an unknown for them. They've been stuck in feeling uncomfortable and, and feeling pain and heartache 
you know, and to be told, oh, well, I can get you to this island of heaven, but ask them what they want. What's their heaven? What does their heaven look like and feel like? Have them write it down. Have them write it on paper, not type it out, but pen on paper so the eyes can see their own words and they get to choose their own words. And then they start being like that reprogramming happens right away. It's not days later. As soon as that pen hits that paper, the change already happens and have them read that heaven right away. And then we're the lighthouse. I'm not going to grab the boat and pull it over my way. I'm the lighthouse letting me know this heaven, this island exists, but you have a compass. You're gonna use the stars to navigate. You're gonna have the wind. You're gonna have tidal waves coming in and it's gonna throw you off course, but I'm gonna sit there and guide you letting you know this island and heaven exists, but you need to learn how to navigate through the waves and learn what to do, what not to do. Learn from your mistakes. I'm going to be here be like, I'm glad you made a mistake. Let's learn from that, right? And be willing to learn. It's not so much being willing to be wrong or, you know, whatever. Willing to learn. Because this is a journey. And it's continuous. It doesn't stop. So if you are wanting to get pain and get rid of it tomorrow, ah, good luck with that. Because you might, it might be gone for one day. But if you don't keep diving deeper into the layers of your being and recognize your pain's more than physical and structural, you're gonna fail at ending pain in totality, you know? And so it's a journey. So yes, I'm gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna block the wave from hitting you. We're gonna go, I want you to explore. And guess what? You're gonna get closer and you will reach that island, that heaven. It exists, it's already within you. It's all about peeling off the layers, but it's a choice that you need to dive all in. And what's interesting, what I witnessed with my clients, like, oh, I'm in pain again. I'm like, yes, another layer we get to attend to that's been unaddressed. That's what pain is, is a layer that needs attention. Another layer that hasn't been, but it's pain in the same area. Cool, because we peeled off one layer. Now another layer is ready to come up and ready to heal and ready to be transformed in what you want it to be, right? Well, I feel angry. Okay, why do you think that is? Okay, talk it out. I feel better, cool. What do you want it to be now? Compassion, acceptance of yourself. That's what it comes down to is to the self, accepting yourself, acknowledging yourself, knowing you're worthy of whatever it is and loving you, right? Like look in the mirror and love every single cell of you from head to toe and all over the place, right? Yeah, we're but 17 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. We're 17 minutes in and I'm already like, shit, I need to listen to this over again. <laughs> 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 cool, podcast over. I got to re-listen and take notes. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, man. Every single time you come on here, it's just, just chaos of information and positivity. I don't know. <laughs> We haven't even done an intro yet. I know. <laughs> we don't need one. You're my first four-time guest ever. Three times. Three times. No, you're, this is your fourth time. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hello. I know. <laughs> Get it. All right. Um, Where's my champagne? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay, hold on. Um, 
I'm going to need you to keep talking because I'm unpacking a lot right now. Uh, Take a deep breath out. Okay, so remember, longer exhalation shifts you into that parasympathetic, that rest, right? So just right. breathe it out. It's a lot, right? So it's marinating. Your cells are like, whoa, what just happened? Right. So I don't even know the last time we talked. It was probably over a year ago. And just mm -hmm. like, you know, it's been like on my end, it's just been a shit show since then. And it's, uh, you know, just especially like in 2020. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on is because you had that uh, Instagram post um, where you were just like, well, what have you been afraid of? And I think that's really interesting because like a lot of people are controlled by fear. You know what I mean? So like, you know, starting in January, I started releasing all these online programs and each one of them like failed to hit, but I just keep doing it. So like I've, to, I just launched my fourth one and haven't gotten any bites yet, but I've like, this I think is going to be my most successful one, but it's like, I've tried and failed more times in seven months than most people do in their entire lives. You know what I mean? You're just getting after it. So it's like, what are you afraid of? Because a majority of the time there's nothing there. And so one of my favorite quotes is from Jamie Foxx, where he said, there's nothing on the other side of fear. So if you have, if you imagine like fear is the door, you're just afraid to walk through that door because you're manufacturing all of the shit that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? And one of my favorite things as a coach was to teach people that failure isn't a bad thing. It's just a thing that happens. You know what I mean? So, and like the deadlift is like the perfect example. And it, it, uh, women have more of a proclivity towards avoid, uh, failure avoidance. And this is just from a decade of coaching women. And then, so they're just like, well, I can't pick that up. And then I would say, well, I think you can, so prove me wrong. And then they pick it up almost every time, but they're just creating this failure and being afraid of it and shutting that door and not walking through it. You know what I mean? And it's funny because you were talking about, you know, this uh, military personnel and how, you know, they're supposed to be the strongest among us. That's why they have that job, right? Because it takes an extraordinarily strong person to be able to defend our country the way that they do. Right. But then they are also afraid of failure, but it's just in a different aspect, you know? So it's just everybody, is just overwhelmed by fear and and especially in 2020 where we're just inundated with fear constantly just constant and so just that that was i think a really powerful question to ask people and i was wondering did you get any responses from that and so what were some of the things that people were afraid of oh yeah so i love that you brought this up because We're only controlled by fear because we give fear power. Right. And I like how you stated, you know, fear is a door. When you open it, there's nothing there because we create narratives in our head and stories in our mind without even checking in where this, these thoughts are coming from. Is it fear driven or is it purpose driven or based in love? Right. So 
It's interesting because the other fear stands for face everything and rise. It's both. Yeah. So when you feel those thoughts that feel heavy, you need to you need to dedicate yourself to figure out why rather than avoiding. Avoidance is what's going to lead towards more heaviness, towards more of like feeling so tired, towards more of not feeling satisfied and fulfilled. And when you create something like how you created programs, was it driven by fear of not having enough money, driven by fear of um, needing the urge, having the urge to do it, because if not, you're not going to have any business, you know, or was it driven with purpose that you want to help more people and be able to support the world to feel better in their mind and body? You see the difference here? Yeah. Right. So before you create something, you need to sit down and check in with yourself where the space that you are coming from. And if you're feeling that 100%, it's not coming from purpose and genuinely want to support people 1000%, then you need to check in with yourself and see what you're most afraid of and what's blocking you from feeling worthy of creating this program for others to feel better. Where are the self-doubts coming in? Because that's fear is doubting in yourself, not trusting in yourself, not accepting your magic, right? So it's sitting in there and, and, and really finding the truth of why you're scared, of yeah. why you doubt yourself, of why you haven't fully accepted who you are and what you bring in this world. So the first thing that came up when I thought about that question was not fear of me failing, but fear of my business failing. Which is an extension of you. Right. But it was, it, you know, and maybe you can listen and see if there's any underlying narratives that I'm saying here. But so as soon as this pandemic started, I felt like my destiny was no longer in my hands. Like my, gym and my practice reopening was solely predicated upon the common sense of human beings to just like wear a mask and stay at home. And like, you know, with the petulance of America, like we just could not do it. We just can't do it. And so that's why we have millions more cases than anywhere else in the world. You know, and it's like, and we were finally able to open up my gym again um, on Monday, which was just a huge load off because, you know, I I was losing clients that wanted like the in-person experience. I was losing clients because their job was under threat because they had a, a, a solid job until the pandemic hit, but now they're worried about being furloughed or laid off. Like I had, you know, and then so all of a sudden, you know, being in the gym is no longer their priority survivors their priority right and so this whole pandemic just kind of scrambled everything up and i feel opened the door to show us that how broken everything is and what we need to do to fix a lot of stuff 
And so that was my biggest fear is that like, you know, I got to, I got to the point where I was just like super depressed and had all this anxiety. And then I read this Einstein quote that said, you can either, you can live one of two ways, either that everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. And then, so I started, that was my mindset shift. Oh, everything's a miracle. And then I heard, then I, that, that, um, that statistic popped into my head that the, the likelihood of you being born is 400 trillion to one. So like you just being alive, you won the lottery. So like I won the lottery and it's a miracle that I get to deal with this problem right now. And then I was listening to uh, this Navy SEAL, David Goggins. I was listening to his audiobook, and he was talking about the only times that he's ever lost like an ultra race is when, is when he raced somebody instead of running his own race. And he said, you don't have to win by a mile. You just have to win by a second. And I was like, cool. So I'm in a competition with COVID now and I just have to win by a second. So that was like my big, huge mindset shift. Be, like, because before that I was like in the pit of despair, just like really terrified that my business was going to go under from no fault of my own. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> there's some, a lot of golden nuggets here. Yeah. So I love that you're like, hey, can you help me, you know, bridge the gap with this narrative? Right. Because I think whenever someone asks for that and with my clients, I take notes. So I was taking notes and I write the gold that I hear and see in between the lines, right? Yeah. So it's interesting to me when I heard you say, it's not in my hands. My business is not in my hands. Yeah. In that moment, you gave it away. And it's interesting because it seems to me that your why needs to be redefined because your why is stronger than fear. Your why drives you every single day. And for some reason, you gave, it wasn't in your hands when everything is in your hands. It's not, COVID is not your competition. It's your mind. You are your own competition. It doesn't matter what's going on outside of you. The only competition you have are your thoughts and your words and your actions that are, you know, created by you. You are your own competition. Not COVID, not anyone else, you. So knowing that, I would have you sit down and redefine what your why is because it's different. For me, for example, when this whole deal happened, right, this change, which is what it is, it's change. When this change happened, I need to sit down and reevaluate, restructure, and rebrand. I chose to do that. But then I also noticed, you know, like, wow, I have a choice to feel stuck in this fear. It was scary, right? And it's interesting hearing you say you lost clients when the truth is nothing is ever lost. So you see the words that you are using. I lost clients. It's not in my hands anymore. COVID is my competition. You gave your power away in different ways. So nothing is ever lost. We gain every single day. Wow, we gain an opportunity to redefine what my why is. Gained an opportunity to transition forward towards better. 
What does better look like? I don't know, but I know I'll figure it out at some point because we are adaptable and resilient. Every single one of us, right? So we only gain. Perception is we lose. Something that is known. Something that was known for a long time changed, but it doesn't mean it was lost. It just morphed into something different that can be more expansive than you ever imagined. Hence, wanting to create an online program. You have that, wow, I can create something online and help more people and not be stuck in a physical location, right? But you are coming from loss, the space of loss, and COVID was your competition. So you felt creating an online program will beat your competitor, when in reality, you were beating yourself up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the truth is, and I, and I love that you said, you know, I'm going to admit when I knew I needed to transition 100% online rather than half in, half out, like two steps in and then three steps back with like, oh, you know, I want to treat people on site. That's what everyone knows and are demanding of, right? They demand to see you on site. Well, how about we create something online and give them the tools for them to heal them and, and work with what they have at home? That's more empowering. I don't want people dependent on me. I want you to feel empowered to heal you. And how can we create an environment that allows that to happen? Right? So grieving happened for me when I transitioned to online because for more than 10 plus years, I worked with clients on site, in person, and now it's different. So there's gonna be a grieving process of letting go of the old and birthing something new. You're gonna feel so many feelings. All of these things are gonna unleash, your hidden fears are gonna come out and that's okay. Allow them to come out because this is a, this is a change. Everything that's happening and that's the only constant. It's up to you how you want to adapt and transition to this change. That is so fascinating. So what made you decide to transition to a fully online space? That seed was planted three years ago. I knew already I wanted to have location, time, money, freedom. Because when um, my cousin had died in July 2017 in that bus accident, two days after his 43rd birthday, and you know, he was my best friend. He traveled all over the world. He was different. You know, he didn't want to be in a typical nine to five job and be stuck in one location. So I admired that spirit, that free spirit. And he showed me what's possible. And so I had already written down that I wanted this. And a week later, he died. And then I was like, you know what, I really want this to happen. And so gradually, I was like, I hired my friend who was a coach, did self-development coaching, created a, a, you know, a business around it, you know, and gradually was treating people on the side virtually through Skype, you know, people all over the place. And it wasn't until 2019 when it really became a business for me. And I was a hybrid. I wanted to travel, go to Dallas, see my family, go to Puerto Rico, stay for a month, things to be with my family, come back in LA, work with clients on site. 
And my clients were awesome. They allowed me to do it. They're like, go do what you need to do. We're good. That's how I was able to help my clients because they were so already like able to take care of themselves because I've given them the tools to do that. Mm. Now they only contact me if they've already done all the things I've shown them and nothing else has worked. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's why I wanted the flexibility and the lifestyle to be able to travel and spend more time with family. Cause to me, my why is connection. I want connection. So how can I add more of that into my life? Right. So I set myself up in that way. And then when this happened, I knew deep down, this was an opportunity for me to go 100%. I knew not every single client was going to transfer over. Was it scary? Yes. But I knew that for me to commit 100% online, that more opportunities and doors were going to open up for me. So my why and that possibility uh, and the energy of that, what I want to experience more of in my life was greater than feeling stuck and lost and confused. You know, you can feel confused and inspired to create something new. Yeah. You can feel lost and, right? There's an and in the middle. It's okay. but. You know, like I was so driven and, and I'm so grateful that I did, you know, I hired a business advisor mentor who's guiding me through this journey and it's been quite an experience and I've learned so much more about myself and the value and the worth that I bring into this world. But now, you know what, everything is in divine timing for you. I used to want to rush everything. And like you, I would launch something and get crickets. And then it's like, gosh, what did I do wrong? Like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? Now my focus is planting seeds. Yeah. Plant seeds. Share your story. Be vulnerable. You know, like show yourself in the raw, which is what I gained through this pandemic is really showing up in my vulnerable rawness because I had fear of people judging me. When I was a kid, I was bullied. I had a Puerto Rican accent. You know, I had glasses. I was so different than everyone else. And now I embrace it. So it's like, what can this change bring for me? It's not yeah. a competition. That's yes. all it is. It's perception. That's all it is. How can I perceive this situation to allow it to empower me, strengthen me, uplift me, enlighten me, unleash a better version of myself that I haven't even felt yet? Yeah. How can I perceive this for this to do this for me? You have the power to do that. Right. So the, the, the interesting thing is, you know, me and the guy that I run this gym with, we're talking about getting into the online space for a long time, but we just couldn't, or uh, I shouldn't say couldn't, but didn't because of the, the daily grind, right? Where you're just constantly seeing people, coaching people, massaging people, whatever it is. Right. And then, you know, COVID happened and we're like, oh shit. Now we have, you know, instead of like, so what you're saying is switching the mindset from, oh shit, now we have to do this to look at this opportunity that I have. Because one of the reasons why I want a majority of my business to be online is um, for that freedom that you're saying, where I can do my job anywhere. Because you know, the physical location keeps us from doing a lot of things. You know what I mean? And so like, I want, there's like so much of this world 
that I've never explored. And I want to do that with my wife and with my dogs and with like a van. And so, <laughs> so you know, that's the way to do it. Um, and, you know, I've talked to uh, multiple friends who have their online business and they're just like, yeah, I went on vacation and I taught a class on the beach and it was great. And, you know, nobody missed a beat at home and they were all, you know, and I'm like, damn it. I want to teach a class on a beach. That seems awesome. You know what I mean? So uh, that's my why. There's just, there um, is a lot of fear around that. And so I just need to change the narrative and, you know, change the why. That's the driving force behind what I'm doing, right? Yes, redefine it, but face those fears and find the origin of why you have that. You know, it always Mm. goes back. You know, I have my clients travel through time and write on a piece of paper birth to present moment a timeline when have you felt like this before when you were scared to jump into something that was different and then when you did what happened were you bullied were you left abandoned you know did you go through heartache there's something that happened to where you didn't feel safe to dive into the unknown, you know, or something was taken away from you in the process when you were younger, right? So until we face that and discover and explore the origin of these thoughts, they didn't come out of nowhere, you know, then you have this real, like this experience where it's like, oh my gosh, it's a aha moment. Oh my gosh, like this is where it's coming from. That's when you get to be like, you know what? I'm done with that story. This is the story I want to live and feel now moving forward. I get it because I I chose to dive in like during the beginning months of of the pandemic is like, I want to know why behind my behavioral patterns. And I dove in and cried a lot because when I found out the truth behind why I do things, behind why I say things in a certain way and think a certain way, it's rough. It's rough waters. I chose that because I'm done living in that way, being, feeling restrained and limited. No long, no one else was limiting me anymore. It was myself. And I chose to face it, have the courage so that I can, you know, gosh, like really be able to hold space for someone's self-healing journey from a stronger place and be able to, you know, connect on a level that my presence alone creates a shift for someone now, setting those intentions that my words have power, you know, like being more purposeful and intentional And, you know, before getting on a call with the client or Zoom sessions, like setting the intention already before we connect and it happens, right? It's just really being in tune now more than ever. But to create a change, you got to face the darkness that's there deeply embedded, Um, right? Because the dark, the deeper you go, the ocean gets darker, right? Right. So let's talk about your process for that then, because I think that's a really important thing for not only me to understand, but the listeners as well, right? Because that's a just moving forward into fear and really doing that deep dive into yourself. Like, were you meditating? Like, how are you doing that? I, I love that you asked that. 
I do it through meditation. I sit still and start breathing and just start asking questions. And I'm in a, I'm in a space where, you know, I have the magic to hear messages, to receive downloads. It's a gift, you know, and I used to be scared to share that with people that I can feel and hear things, you know, that, you know, people can't in the moment. So when I sit and create space for myself and allow myself to be seen and heard is when I will get these messages. Okay. That's one way. Another way is journaling. I will ask myself questions and write it out. Why, where is this coming from? Why do I feel this way? Or, you know, all of these things, because when I was writing my book and during the pandemic, I was finishing it up and it released in April. So all these thoughts of fear, not being good enough, that no one was going to like the book and all these things were coming up, but I was, uh, suppressing them to keep writing. So when my book was done, what happened? Of course they resurfaced, it all came back up again. And I was like, oh my gosh, now it's time to dive in and explore why I had these thoughts in the first place. So I started asking questions in my journal and the answers would just flow through. And it would, I would cry and write at the same time because the truth comes out when you hold space for you, clear from distractions. Um, so yeah, eyes open and eyes closed. It's just having the courage to ask the questions and without being dependent on someone else needing to ask you these questions. It's like, you know, I want to get to know who I am and figure out why I hold myself back at times, you know, like, so that's how I do it. There are various methods like going outside for a walk and, you know, thinking and figuring it out. I mean, there's so many ways, but you know, you only get clear answers when you ask clear questions. There's power in words. It's how you ask. Then you learn how to ask. And then that allowed me to ask powerful questions for my clients because I did it for myself, right? Like, well, like, whoa, I never thought of it like that, right? Like, oh, wow, I never viewed it as that or, you know, all of these things. So that's how I chose that for myself was through meditation and through journaling. Yeah, so that's a, that's an interesting feeling, right? When you're working so hard on a project and you just know that people need it and you know that this is going to change people for the better and you know that you have the knowledge and you know you have the heart and you know you have the passion and you're just putting it all in there. But that second that you hit like publish, you're just like, and just hit it anyway. <laughs> but it's like, man, you just have to just go for it. And it's just, uh, you know, for me, uh, the mobility program that I just released, um, was, you know, I was just so overwhelmed by just the state of the world, you know, like I was really working hard on building an online community for live classes and it was going really well and it was working out really good. And then everything opened back up. So now those people couldn't make it to the live classes. Right. So then I have to be like, well, now they need a video on demand thing. So it's not like a completely new thing. It's just a shift. And so, you know, then I have to teach all the mobility classes. I don't have somebody there working with me. So then it's like an overtraining type of scenario. And then, you know, like the, the George Floyd gets murdered and then the whole black Lives matters movement happens. And I'm like, well then who gives a shit about ankle mobility? Like there's so much heavier shit and so much more important stuff going on. You know what I mean? Just like this 
blatant racism and police brutality and like all this crazy shit and then people setting stuff on fire and then you know riots and and i'm just like oh my god this is crazy and then the government was like hey aliens are real here's proof but we were all so overwhelmed that we're just like cool whatever and they're like no but aliens are real and we're just like uh, i i get it but whatever like we have stuff going on here you know what i mean so it's just like i would go and then I would make a mistake and then it would set me back like a week instead of just like a day or an hour or whatever, just because I was so burned out. And then I just went, like I said, that mindset set shift that I had was really huge for me in moving forward. But then, you know, just constantly doing that deep dive. I don't think I was like consciously doing it, but it was definitely like, there's all this stuff that's being triggered within me right now. And I need to figure out what that is because it's a heavy load, right? It's like a 405 back squat. It's heavy as shit. And so I need to get rid of this so I can be lighter so I can move faster. You know what I mean? So that's like, so I think uh, subconsciously I just started kind of working on that stuff and just clearing a bunch of stuff out. But like that, that conscious effort I think is going to be, a game changer for a lot of people because that's a really um, terrifying thing. And that's why Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot, a lot. And where we have this archetypal hero story, right? Everybody goes into the cave and they fight the dragon. And if they win then they get this cave full of gold, right? Which is you and your gifts to the world. Right. And so, um, you know, like, and he just goes on, he's really just such a fascinating human, just unpacking, all these different stories like Pinocchio and up and all these different like stories of all these different heroes that had to go deep into the cave of themselves and fight the dragon, which is their inner demons and then come out as the victor. You know what I mean? And he said, sometimes you either come out victorious or you, the dragon sets you on fire. And it's either, either or. So it's like you choosing to be the hero of your own story. Exactly. And, and, and it's not interesting because a couple of things came up, you know, like people view this as work and I've learned, I used to view it as work, man, this is a lot of work. God, it's going to be a lot of layers. This is so much work. And it's like, well, what if it's an exploration and you get to explore when you, when you feel the, the need to, but it's interesting, you know, that it can feel scary. One, of course, you're going to feel feelings. You know, I tell my clients, like, we're going to go on a journey and it's going to be times where it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're not alone in it, you know? And it's interesting too, because people expect people to show up for you, but they only show up the way you show up for yourself. So why not be your best person, your best go-to person to attend to what you are needing, mind, body, heart, and spirit. Attend to you. And for me, right, like I chose it because my reason for exploring and being on this self-healing journey is so that, you know, I would want to connect with people and attract people who you know, like say, because, you know, partnership, I would love a conscious relationship, right? I'm done. I was done attracting unhealthy partnerships. And so that was another driver for me to go 
and journey deep within to figure out why am I attracting all of these unhealthy relationships, you know? And I chose it for myself so that I can, can attract more love and compassion that's pure rather than like with an incentive, you know? And, and it's because I had these deep beliefs that I wasn't one worthy of love and, and that I didn't accept who I was. So if we're believing these deep within, we're going to attract people who are not going to honor that for us because they don't love themselves. And one can only love another at the capacity that they love themselves. So why not clear the path within and transform this darkness and shine light on it and live a story that brings more love and more compassion and more abundance because your wealth equals what? Your wealth equals your magic, your, your craft, your superpower. Okay, well, cool. Wealth equals, I wrote this today in my journal, by the way. Wealth equals superpower which equals accepting your superpower. When I'm accepting my superpower, it means I'm open to receiving. When you're open to receiving, you're diving into the energy of yes. Yeah. Yes to what? Yes to you. Yes to you. So here's an interesting story. So, you know, when I started uh, this massage practice is right when um, Tony Robbins released his, his documentary on Netflix. Right. And I watched it and it was just this huge mindset shift for me where I was like, well, shit, what am I doing? And then I realized that I spent my whole entire life trying to make my dad proud of me. And he, no matter what I did. And so, you know, whatever pursuit that I did, I was just like, oh, I'm going to make my dad proud, you know, and, you know, BMX, like riding motorcycles, like MMA, CrossFit, whatever it was. And then. I realized that I have to make myself proud. And so once I started making myself proud, then my dad became proud of me. But this kept coming up and coming up with like all my clients that were coming in. Well, like, so, you know, like Tony Robbins asked the questions, um, out of both your parents, whose love did you crave the most? Your mother's or your father's? And then who did you need to be for them? And then I added the question, who did they need to be for you? Because um, you know, that who did you need to be for them is shaping the person that you're trying to become. And then who did they need to be for you starts to give you clues on why you're choosing the partners that you choose. It's because you're, there's this hole that you're trying to fill, right? And so, you know, I was just had this slew of clients for six or eight months where they were just all coming in and they just had all this emotional baggage. And I would just ask them those three questions. And they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is happening? And like, this is, the, I don't know, you're figuring shit out. That's what's happening. It's weird. And so, but then I started going, well, like, I don't know how to make my dad proud if I don't know what he wants. And then I was like, well, my dad's still alive. Why don't I just ask him? And so I went and I grabbed them. We went out to lunch and I was like, what did you want for me as a kid? And he was just like, I just wanted you to be happy and safe. And I was like, that's it? And he said, yeah, holy shit. I tried so hard to be like this exceptional BMX rider or this exceptional dirt bike rider or this exceptional whatever it was. And he said, I know it freaked me the fuck out. I go, <laughs> like I would go to the dirt jumps with you or go to these spots where you wanted me to go so you could show me 
all of this stuff that you were learning. And it was so crazy. And I was like, holy shit, my son's going to kill himself. And he was like freaking out. And so like me trying to make my dad proud made him scared for my safety. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. So basically your parents just want the best for you. And that's it. You know what I mean? So like we, that goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, where we just create this huge narrative in our head about what our parents want from us. And then we also create a huge narrative in our head about what we want or our parents to be or what we see them as. And then that's, that's where shit just gets so crazy. Right. And then, so you spend a lifetime like unpacking all this stuff. And so like, you know, one of those things that I tell parents is you're going to screw your kids up. You're going to, because they have like, I don't see a way around this because as humans, we're so weird about how we just create these imaginary worlds and these narratives and these, these obstacles, we just create them and they're so powerful. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I had a wonderful life growing up. I was upper middle class and I had, you know, my parents were just like, Hey, you want a bike? You're 15, go get a job. So I got a job and I was the only bike rider that I rode with that had a job. So I was always like buying, you know, fast food and everybody was all super jealous all the time. I had a great life. It was great. You know what I mean? But I still had this complex about it based off of some narrative that I created that doesn't, that didn't exist, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a really interesting exercise to just kind of ask those three questions and get these answers. And some of that shit is so heavy duty to where, you know, one of the, one of my clients who had just like this debilitating low back pain, she could barely function. I said, well, you know, out of both your parents, whose love did you crave the most? She said, my mom. And I said, well, who did you need to be for your mom? And she said, perfect. And I'm like, well, perfect is actually a low standard because it's unattainable. Like you can't be perfect. And she's like, I know I have such a complex about it that I can't even drive because I'm scared to make a mistake. And I'm just like, you, if you go into Sam's club or some, uh, like if you go to like Safeway and just stop and look around in 360 degrees, Every single person in there has curb checked at least once. Like, nobody's a perfect driver. I mean, I do it all the time where I'm just like, oh, shit, there's a curb. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's, you cannot be a perfect driver. It's impossible. Like, so what are you trying to do here? You know what I mean? Do you realize the, the, the pressure and the load that you put on yourself just to perform? as a human being who's fallible and makes mistakes, it's insane. Like, what are you doing? That's so crazy, you know? And it's just like, just those three questions, I think are just, just open up the floodgates on how you can really start working on yourself and unpacking a lot of that stuff. I would mainly focus on what you need. Yeah. Before asking those other questions, cause that's what matters most because as kids, since kids or whatever, right? Is a lot of things happen and narratives happen because we weren't seen and heard. And how about you create space for yourself to be seen and heard first before asking about anything about your parents and you figure out your needs first. And 
Give me a second. There's some more stuff coming in. Yeah. <laughs> when there's a pause, you know, there's like, whoa, some stuff's coming through. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the narratives stop? They do. When you reach a point when you're just so like, one, accepting of who you are and where you're at and happy in the present moment. And you start the day with today. Every day, wake up. I start the day with today. And what kind of day is it going to be today? Oh my gosh, filled with, and you fill in the blank when you open your eyes. That's how narratives stop. And when you hear the narratives, you're like, you know what? You're free to go. Go on vacation. But this is the story we're going to be living right now. You have the power to do that. I used to have those narratives too. And to be honest, they are stopped. They're very minimal. And when I hear it, it's like, yo, girl, we're good. We're good. Those thoughts can, are free to go because we're good. We start the day with today and today's going to be awesome. And it's going to be filled with connection. It's going to be filled with so many things that I am deserving of, right? Because I'm worth it all. Right. So those narratives will start to diminish. But you got to believe that, they're dim that they will diminish and you'll be so comfortable in stillness and silence because you're filled with everything that you are because you're whole and complete. So, so you keep saying being seen and being heard. So I'm really interested in where, like how that impacted your life and like at what point that that happened, because I think that, you know, so everybody has these pivotal moments, right? Whether we know them or not. And so one of the epiphanies that I had recently is like when you're, so everybody has, like I said, those pivotal moments. And whenever they have this trigger, they go back to that pivotal moment. And that trigger is triggered because this moment is similar to that one. And so when that sparks an argument, and it's like one of those chaos arguments where it's just like, well, what are we even arguing about? What's happening? It's because that person reverted back to that child. Right. And, and so you're not having an argument with the adult in front of you. You're having the argument with that five-year-old that experienced that event that is similar to the one that we're experiencing now. You know what I mean? So in it, like, I don't want to say inadvertently. So um, unconsciously that moment was a pivotal moment for that child that created the person that you see in front of you. And so that was just like this huge turning point in my practice and the relationships that I have, just understanding that if people just like go from zero to a hundred, then they're triggered and you're not talking to that adult anymore. You're talking to that child now. So what's your question? <laughs> so my question is, you. yeah, so my question is that you, have brought this up several times throughout this conversation where just being seen and being heard. And so I'm just wondering, like, if you're willing to share what that moment was for you in your life where that became a thing that you desperately craved and you essentially built your future self off of that. Oh yeah. That's a great question. And I'm happy to share because yeah. there's going to be a lot of relatability. And I witnessed this with my clients too, because pain comes from not being seen and heard. 
that's where it comes from. Not being seen and heard to yourself, not creating space for yourself to be seen and heard, one, and being in an environment where you are honored, seen, and heard, and accepted, free of judgment. You tell me who grew up in an environment that was free of judgment and they were seen, honored, heard, and loved, and they were told they were loved, right? It's, it's rare. Yeah. So for me, you know, it was, it was very challenging, you know, my, my, my childhood and upbringing, my parents looking back now, it was like, wow, like they were emotionally unavailable and that's originated from their childhood and also the career path right? Both now retired medical physicians. So they are, were passionate about helping people, but they didn't know how to help themselves, right? And so that witnessing that as a kid and observing that, right, I felt abandoned all the time, right? That's the story I told myself when I was young. And my father's dad died right before I turned one. So do you think he was emotionally available the beginning years of my life? He was grieving, right. you know? His dad died under his hands while he was performing CPR. My grandfather had a heart attack and my father was performing CPR and he died. And I didn't learn this until a year ago because I created space to learn why, you know? Like, hey, I felt abandoned when I was a kid. What was going on? Or, you know, having the courage to have these open conversations with my parents because it's the source, right? The origin and, and holding space to, to, to receive their story. And that I dedicated myself to doing that and learning more last year, 2019. And that's when I started realizing that I used to point the finger at them all the time. It's easy to blame. And it's easier to not take responsibility with where you're at right now. Every time you point the finger, you have three coming back at you, but everyone's behaviors come from two places. It's an act of love or a cry for love. And looking back at my childhood, they weren't home. They were working a lot. They were doing what they needed to do, right? And they were workaholics and people who are workaholics you know, they don't know any different. They're scared to sit with their own feelings and feel the feelings because when we're nonstop and then I became a workaholic, right? We're, we're programmed to work, 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 pay your bills. That's all that matters in life and all of these things. And then when I was in my early thirties, I was like, no, I'm done living this work, work, work life. I don't want to live like that. Like my parents, I want to change this. And that's the journey, right? But the feeling seen and heard is because I wasn't seen and heard. I didn't feel seen and heard as a kid, yeah. let alone in school. I was bullied, you know, um, speaking a different language. Spanish is my first language. And then I didn't know where I belonged. I wasn't Puerto Rican enough. I wasn't American enough. I thought I was adopted. I felt so different, you know, like all these things. And so, of course, the theme is not being seen and heard. Having an injury, the doctor's not seeing and hearing you. You know, you just get a diagnosis by. But I wasn't held during that time. You know, it was scary. It's like, nope, keep going, keep going forward, just keep going forward. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, it was like emotional unavailability. They didn't know how it's not their fault. It's not right. their fault. Right. So 
that is my story of like this whole being seen and heard, not only in the home environment, the work environment, and in the healthcare field, you know, like doctors and MDs and healthcare professionals, we need to be aware of allowing our clients to be seen and heard because they weren't. That's why their body's hurting. Right. Pain is screaming for it to be seen and heard. That's what pain is. Yeah. It has not been seen and heard. And pain is a barometer of your heart. Have you seen and heard your heart? Have you attended to it? Have you acknowledged it? That's where it comes from. Yeah. Hmm. It's a. So then you start to kind of unpack that story and there's like two ways that people go, right? They go down the path of success or they go down the path of like addiction and self-destruction. And so, you know, it's like, you know, the more conversation, I, by the way, I did yeah. hardcore self-destructive self-sabotaging behaviors, especially in college. All through yeah. the, oh, horrible. Right. And so it's, but there's some people that don't, cause I did that as well. Right. And so um, there's people that don't pull themselves out of that and just that continues until they spiral and, and, you know, most likely die or just become, you know, whatever it is, or they just, you know, switch it and then just become like uber successful. But it's just, you know, the more conversations that I have uh, with clients and on this podcast, the more I just understand how weird humans are. And the more it just, it's like a miracle that we made it this far. You know what I mean? Like just the, just how complex we we are and how you know just like just like that like i keep saying this pandemic brought to light everything that's broken you know like there's these people that are so weird and so uber successful that are like running our country and nobody can work so they're like here's twelve hundred dollars and you're just like well what does that do like you're grateful thank yeah. you so much right but uh, but also because no, like, no, i see yeah. you comparing yeah. yourself a lot jesse no comparing be yeah. present with yourself and where you're at no comparing you receive money no matter the amount you say you know what thank you so much because right away you judged it and you didn't want it did. that was a gift yeah right That's, yeah you know what? it's thank interesting this. let there be more of that let there be more of that i want mm -hmm. this and something better yeah. Right. Like everything is a gift. Those see those, those see those narratives are sneaky, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's well, what I mean. Because help you unsneak them out. <laughs> I know, but that's what I mean. They're like these little ninjas that are infiltrating your system. And so it's like, it's really hard to unpack that stuff. And so that's like one thing that I learned from this podcast today is that I need to start meditating more you know, and asking myself those questions because, um, you know, like as I was saying that, that, that check from the government really enraged me because it just, it seems as though the people that are in charge are really out of touch with what people are actually dealing with in everyday life. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the big problems that I shouldn't say problems. I'd say uh, challenges that has been surfacing over the last couple of years has been leadership. And like, um, you know, one of the reasons why I left this CrossFit gym uh, well over a year ago is because the owner wasn't being a leader. And so to the point where I decided, well, if you're not going to be the leader and lead these people, then I'm going to lead them, you know? And so 
you know, I still have like a lot of resentment for that guy for just like essentially like starting this and not being there. You know what I mean? Which, you know, is, man, I'm unpacking a lot of stuff with Drell, which is kind of, uh, you know, similar to, you know, the story that you were telling with your parents and like maybe a subconscious story that I have where you're just like, well, you started this family, but now you're not here. So like what's going on, you know what I mean? And you know, the not being seen and the not being heard is really prevalent in that story because I'm like these, you know, he was off working his job and not paying attention to the needs of the people that were paying him to work out there. And I was doing a bulk of the coaching and I was listening to these people every single day, just being in so much pain and just being completely overworked and completely overtrained. And I just kept talking and talking and talking to me like, Hey man, we need to change the programming. This is not good for these people. And then, you know, he kept saying, okay, okay. And then blowing me off. And then after a certain point, I'm like, well, I'm going to do it then. And so, you know, I started changing the programming and then he started getting mad. And then I started doing this stuff because he wasn't paying attention. And then ultimately ended in my being terminated from the gym and um, like terminated as a coach and then banned from the gym. And then, you know, like just having our friendship just completely dissolved right there on the spot. You know what I mean? Which is really, I went through a huge grieving process with that you know, but, um, yeah, that not being seen and not being heard thing is just a really frustrating driver that I have to succeed, which is really interesting. So I saw you writing stuff down. I'm interested to see what you have to say. <laughs> yes. And you know what? The whole, like, I'm grateful for, being aware that I wasn't seen and heard and understanding is because they weren't being seen and heard. So when someone's not being seen and heard, that gets passed down, right? In order to break that pattern of not being seen and heard, I need to see and hear myself and create space. And I hear you when you say, oh man, one thing I learned today was that I need to meditate more. Not really. You need to attend to yourself. You need to see, hear, and feel you more. That can be with eyes open. That can be taking a walk. That can be while working out. That can be being present, having breakfast with your wife. Being present is allowing yourself to be seen and heard, right? It's people think that they have to meditate. You don't have to, right? It's just paying attention and being aware for you attending to your needs so that you feel seen and heard without depending on someone else to offer that for you, hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, and, I, and to, what you focus on expands. And I hear you when, when you were saying, you know, the, you know, the money, you know, I was, you know, you didn't, you didn't receive it with, with gratitude. You judged it. Right. And then you wonder why there's no money coming in for you when you launch an online program. Yeah. It's all related, right? right? You have money coming in, you were angry about it. And then you wonder why there's no new money coming in when you launch an online program. They go hand in hand right? You were gifted something, no matter where it came from, be grateful, right? You have that choice. And you know what? 
when you judge something or someone, it's something you don't like within yourself because we are each mirror images of each other. And that's hard to grasp and believe, but our heart and brain share the same frequency as the earth. I have a brain, I have a heart, you have a heart, you, uh, you have a brain, you know, all of these things are all connected to the earth. So that's why we are all connected as a collective. The person who are making decisions that we disagree with, we need to have empathy and compassion because they're like, you know what? They weren't seen and heard as a kid. They weren't, they don't know how to love themselves because they weren't shown. Remember, one can only love another at the capacity that they love themselves bless them right we need more of that you know we don't need more judgment in this world we don't and that's my perspective you can go however you want my perspective is that we don't need more judgment towards against each other we don't need to go more towards each other oh this person does this 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 doesn't do that doesn't say this and let up pointing the finger and judging how about we say you know what they're doing the best that they can but what I have control over are my thoughts, words, and actions. And how about I start the day with today and have my day be awesome? Because you know what? From David Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force, he wrote in there, your thought can influence 60 to 70,000 people's thoughts who are not happy. You can shift 60 to 70,000 people's thoughts. And thoughts travel. Thoughts travel, Right? It's a frequency, it's energy. So how about if you wanna see a change in the world, it starts with you. It starts with you, with how you choose to show up. If you don't like something and you catch yourself judging, whoa, what is that about that person that I don't like that I don't like about myself? Have it reflect upon you. And we need more of that, you know, like the new pandemic needs to be love. That's the medicine and gratitude. That needs to be the new pandemic. Judgment isn't. Judgment adds to fear. Judgment, you know, like, and we know, like, that's another virus is blaming, you know, fear, being angry, frustrated, pointing the finger, yelling at each other and just not holding space when all we need at the end of the day is to be seen and heard and loved and supported and to tell us that everything is okay. Everything is okay. And you can make it better because you have that power to make that choice. Yeah. I think we should call it there. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> What a great podcast. You're such a good podcast interviewer. Why don't you have your own podcast? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's in the making. It's step by step. I'm, I've learned the gift of this. The gift I've, I've, I've received from this pandemic is to slow down. Yeah. I, too, was like, oh, my God, I got to get an online program launched fast. I got to get the book. And, blah, blah, blah. and I did that in, like, less than six months. Online program, wrote a book, all these things. And I always felt, like, this urge to get things out there fast. And no, no need to rush. No need to rush. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So then I just, I learned to slow down, and it's been quite a gift. That's awesome. I glitched out. I malfunctioned. I don't know how to slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's been learning the art of slowing down, and that's you know, these words of wisdom didn't come out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Because yep. you know, gotta, when you gotta earn them, in, right? It's like 
wow, wow. Everyone's behavior comes from love or it's a cry for love. So anything you see on TV or don't watch TV, you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah. Like mm. turn it off and just be like, you know what? My, you know, just be love, fill your cup up first. And from that space, share it. Yeah. So where can people find you? Where can people make appointments and get these life-changing conversations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like, you know, we pretty much have like a, you know, close to a magic session going on here. You know? <laughs> I am. Yes, you can reach me. Uh, Instagram is the best way. Instagram is at Dr. Sophia Costa and it's Sophia with an F. And, you know, I do videos and content and you, the link in my bio, you can gain access to my book. Um, also, you can book a call for us to connect. And um, there's a free guide in there as well um, to start, um, you know, shifting your perception on what pain means because it's more than physical and structural um, and creating awareness that, wow, like 80% of back pain is not from the back. How can I start to heal my body in a different way that hasn't worked yet? Yeah. So that's what the free guide is about. It's really opening up your mind and taking a, a taking a journey from the inside out. So yeah, awesome. it's be best. Perfect. Right on. Thank you so much for coming on. This was enlightening as always. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's reciprocated, right? Absolutely, like yeah. I learned from you and you learned from me. That's the intention. When I connect with clients, I heal from them too. It's not one-sided. There's no I in team, right? right? I stopped thinking that I had to give all the time and provide for clients. And when I shifted to like, what can I bring and what can I receive from them? It was a game changer for me. That's awesome. I like it. All right. Yeah, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. You got to drink some water, man. I do, yeah. I drink. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you too. Bye.